Hello and welcome to a Character Soup Podcast. Today we'll be interviewing Dr. David Abramson and we'll be discussing cool therapy using nanotechnology to relieve pain. If you would like to learn more about getting your patients out of pain quickly and effectively, visit careconstitute.com. Hello, this is Dr. Freddy Garcia, and this is a Kerrigan Soup Podcast. Uh, today, we are joined by Dr. David Abramson. Uh, Dr. Abramson uh, went to medical school at New York University. He's also a board-certified plastic surgeon and is chief of plastic surgery at Englewood Hospital in New Jersey. Dr. Abramson, are you there? Yes, I am. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Hey, listen, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, today, we're going to uh, have a specific topic we're going to cover so we can kind of share some education on it. We're going to be talking about cold therapy. I think I'd actually like to change that and we'll call it cool therapy and we can get into why I'm calling it that as we discuss the various topics. All right. Yeah, I I have my notes here. And one of the things we're going to be talking a lot about is like all the whole rice protocol concept. Um, And so I've been looking into this and actually uh, I had an experience with this that I'll probably share with everybody. But uh, so, so let's so. Let's kind of get into it here. So you are a plastic surgeon by trade. And uh, when I, so I'm a chiropractor, right? And when I learned about uh, ice therapies or cold therapies or what you're now calling cool therapies, it was all under the, the umbrella of musculoskeletal or orthopedic injuries. So I have to ask the question, how did you get into these cool or cold, uh, cold therapies? Why, why are you interested in this so much? Well, as a surgeon, we do use uh, historically ice compresses, things like that, usually postoperatively for face and eyelid surgery. But we're always looking for something that'll be better. The problem with the ice is that it's always 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off. It's kind of labor intensive. It's messy. And these products were brought, these devices were brought to my attention um, in their early stages. And we're constantly looking for ways to introduce them into my specialty, but I felt that the better fit was in the post-injury or orthopedic type type market as ice therapy or cold therapy has been used for all these surgeries for many years. Right. So the whole, right, actually a couple, couple years ago, I mean, it's hard, hard to tell when this happened. There's a lot of articles, uh, and I think it's based off a couple pieces of research about talking about the rice concept and how the ice in rice uh, may no, you know, the ice and rice is dead is what they were saying. And uh, for those who are at home and maybe forgot what they learned a couple years ago, rice is rest, uh, ice, compression, and elevation. And that's after you, you have an injury. And, and, you know, another way to look at surgery is to some degree a controlled injury, right? I mean, you, you, ice or cold therapy may be appropriate. Um, but you're saying that you were finding ways to use a cold therapy that would be more effective, right? Because you're represent one of the companies that you, uh, have developed this with is nano health. Is that the name? Is that correct? Yes. That's the name of the company. Excellent. And the whole, the whole premise is that you guys want to find uh, a cooling technology that'll give you, give patients, uh, better outcomes. Yes. The most important thing as a physician is wanting to help your patients and, one of the aspects of helping your patients is getting them back to their normal routine as quickly as possible. So if I can have a way for patients to have less swelling, less pain, get back to their normal life as quick as possible, that's an optimal goal. Okay. So, so let's see here. So let's start breaking this down. So, well, let's really talk about it. What, what is, what is nano health? And 
what is its nano cooling technology? I went to the website. Now, now I've actually used your technology, so I know a little bit about it. And I, but I had a, I used it because somebody gave it to me when I actually had a, a, a third degree separation of my AC joint. Uh, so I had the shoulder unit, and I was very impressed with it. But I had some questions, so I went to the website, and that's how I eventually got connected with you guys. Because when I want to learn, I use it. I selfishly use it as an excuse to get people on the podcast. <laughs> I can't can't help it, right? I'm going to learn. That's okay. I'm going to connect that's with o- people. So that's well, okay. We're happy to help and answer as many questions as we can. So what is this nano cooling, though? What are, what are we? I mean, it sounds very cool, but what is it? Well. I want to compare it to when you when you take a cold a cold compress or as opposed to ice, which is frozen and it's thirty two degrees or zero degrees centigrade. Take a, one of those off the shelf uh, cold packs. You take it out of the refrigerator and it's you know basically four degrees centigrade and it warms up over fifteen or twenty minutes and the temperature is constantly going up as it's in contact with your skin. Mm-hmm. Our technology maintains the same temperature the entire time it's effective. So we take it out of the refrigerator and within five minutes, it, it goes to this 15 degrees centigrade temperature. And our material is solid after it's been charged. And after it's in contact with the person or their injured site, it will turn from a solid to a liquid over the course of approximately an hour and a half to two hours. But until it becomes completely liquid, the temperature stays essentially at 15 degrees centigrade. So you're getting the same temperature for an extended period of time applied to your injured area. And that's what's great about our product. Got it. Okay, so unlike ice where you just, uh, you have the either too cold issues or and then you have the melting issues, you have the skin contact issues, you guys have developed something that will kind of stay in appropriate temperature for a much longer time. When And use the word charge. Now, when I, when I had a unit, I would just stick it in the freezer and it kind of became like a gel-like type. Is that what you mean by charge? Yes, and it it actually doesn't even have to go in the freezer. It can go in the refrigerator. So if uh, it takes a little longer in the refrigerator, but if you you know if you're in your office and you only have one of those little beverage refrigerators that are small, mm-hmm. you can put that in there and it will be just as effective. Okay. And then once it is charged up, whether you use a freezer or refrigerator, how long does it stay? Uh, and you said 15 degrees. Um, is that the is that the optimum temperature that you guys have found? Yes, that's the optimum temperature. Um, there's been research that's been done um, for various topics, particularly maxillofacial surgery, where they've looked at this temperature, maintaining it on the post-op area, and they did three-dimensional CT scans and actually showed by applying this 15 degrees centigrade temperature, you were able to have decreased edema as well as uh, decreased pain. Got it. Okay, so we have so this thing is holding a temperature for a longer time. And you guys actually have some supports showing that it's actually even more effective, which is great. We love things having an evidence backing. So what what did the study find? I mean, what were the outcomes that uh, they found out for the patients? Well, um, there were studies in Europe and places like that with the maxillofacial surgery that showed uh, some improved pain management. We actually did a study locally on post-op hip replacement and knee replacement patients where we introduced this product at the first dressing change. And the patient satisfaction scores um, in the hospital for pain management went from the 62nd to the 93rd percentile with nothing else changing except the introduction of this product. Actually, that's very impressive. So pain management, I think think we all recognize is a huge issue. I was just at a uh, 
uh, a large event, uh, the FCA event in Florida. So it has like thousands of people. And the big topic was the the whole opioid epidemic that's going on in uh, the world, but primarily in the United States. Unfortunately, I hate to report it that way, but. Uh, so anything that's helping people with their page management at this point has to be welcomed with open arms because it is becoming a huge problem. People becoming dependent on something to manage their pain as opposed to uh, a device like you guys are offering that could uh, help their satisfaction uh, statistically, which is great. Yes, I think you know there's several ways to prevent opioid addiction, but it all starts with limiting how much narcotic exposure an individual has after they're injured. Now that could be right after the injury or it could be post-operatively. And listen, all patients, if they have surgery, are probably gonna need some pain medication. No one's suggesting that they won't need any. But if you can cut the amount by 50% or shorten the duration of, of the time that they're gonna be on pain medication, the chances of them becoming addicted to pain med- medication is significantly gonna be reduced. Yeah, and then that, uh, no, it's perfectly, it's well said. It makes a lot of sense. So, uh, hey, so I want to break down the whole rice concept um, because that's the thing I want to really understand. I go, hey, so listen, so is the ice in rice dead? Is rice dead? Because there's a couple different things I've been hearing for a couple parts of it, and we'll jump into it. But uh, what else, before we get into rice, uh, but let's, what does the evidence say regarding cold therapy versus like your, I guess you guys call it nanotherapeutic? technology what else is there what else are they saying about specifically ice or cold what does well, the literature I, have for us i mean i think you know traditionally ice was applied to all of these um injuries and it's not that up the application of ice or some type of cold won't help to a point the problem is what are the risks of using that cold and with ice therapy there's been a lot of litigation with people having contact frostbite from you know ice being applied or water circulation at essentially 32 degrees it's just if you decrease the temperature to the skin too much for too long a time you can actually cause skin necrosis no different than if you're outside in the winter so you want to keep a cool temperature because you want to decrease the amount of edema in an area so that the person will have less discomfort and heal faster, potentially get uh, motion back quicker. But you'd like to do it in a way without the risks. And by having our temperature of our device at 15 degrees centigrade, we've eliminated the risk of frostbite because 15 degrees centigrade, 58 degrees Fahrenheit, it's cool enough to limit the edema, but not cool enough to cause the problems associated with ice. So if you go to a temperature that is closer to 32 or that, you know, zero Celsius, the freezing temperatures, what's the difference between the ice and the cold? And let's talk about it in regards to just inflammatory response. I mean, is, I guess my question is, is, is ice potentially detrimental to an inflammatory response? Because we know we want some, but is, is there such thing as too cold? Like literally, does, is there any support of that? That's my question, I suppose. Well, I, I think the problem is not, well, there's too cold for the contact aspect and for, for tissue sure. injury itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you do want to limit inflammatory response and particularly the edema aspect of it because you need an inflammatory response for healing. However, when you put ice on, 
you can't leave it on, so you have to take it off. Mm -hmm. So every time you take the ice off, you then essentially get rapid warming of the tissue, which you know creates an inf uh, its own reperfusion injury um, aspect of, of inflammation. So that aspect of cooling and then rewarming and then cooling and rewarming, you're creating a different set of problems in terms of the inflammatory response. So oh, wow. the advantage of our product is that when you put our device on and what we recommend is if you're going to have it, you should wear it continuously. So since it does have to go back in the refrigerator to get recharged, ideally someone would have two so that they could take one off, put one on, and then they can essentially wear it 24 hours a day to limit the swelling and the edema in the area. It does help with, with decreasing the pain in the affected area, as you probably realize from your injury. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the downside and risks that you do with ice. So, you know, that I'm glad you brought up the reperfusion. That's actually something, because I think that's one of the reasons they took the temperatures off. They would have you take the ice off when they were teaching us in school. But then there's two issues, right? Like you couldn't leave it on for too long, which was one issue. And the other one was if you did leave it on too long, then there was some sort of vascular response, which would actually potentially even give you more swelling. Is that part of the whole reperfusion issue? Yes. That, yeah, is, that is it. That's perfect. I'm glad you brought that up. It's one of those those things that are deep inside my head that I haven't used in a while, but I remember it. So somewhere there's a teacher who's very happy who taught me that. All right. So let's see where we have. So hey, let's <clears throat> let's jump into rice, right? Because it was rest, ice, uh, compression, and elevation. And uh, you know, one of the things that has kind of changed over time in regards to some of these structural orthopedic type injuries is now they're saying, hey, uh, completely immobilizing. Uh, or you know, having the person rest for a couple of weeks may not be the best thing. That early movement uh, may actually be beneficial. And I think you, you even see this in uh, knee and hip replacements. I mean, they have people walking, uh, you know, within 12 hours of, of having somebody having a surgery. And uh, my brother had a hip replacement, and he was taken back by how quickly they made him move. He was act he his mind wasn't ready, but his body was. He was actually more scared to walk after his hip replacement. But uh, so I know people are mobilizing faster. So the R in rice, uh, where's that stand? It's still valid or where are we on that one? Well, I think it's still valid. And you have to remember post-op surgical movement may be different than, you know, movement after the acute uncontrolled injury, shall we say. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have an uncontrolled injury, then, you know, you have to assess what that injury is and how it's going to be stabilized. A surgical procedure, and it depends on the surgical procedure of whether you're going to, you know, move early or, or not move early. And and moving early is different now than it was, you know, maybe 10 years ago. You know, there's movement day one, there's movement day five, there's movement day eight, there's active, there's passive. And I think you have to really look at each individual case of what the injury is, what the surgical procedure was to determine whether you need to, you know, have some rest or not have some rest. I think it's, it's individualized to the, to the injury and the treatment. So you can't generalize it, right. but obviously we are moving earlier than we did before. Okay. So in our courtroom, 
rest for in our in rice is case by case basis, and I think that makes sense, right? I mean, sometimes things definitely need to be stabilized, and it's in the best interest of the patient to uh, have them rest or not, you know, not move it. Uh, but I mean, the other literature is saying, hey, depending on injury, uh, early movement is uh, beneficial not only for the tissues, but I would say even for the neurological. Uh, Concomitants that come with that. So, and then we're ice. I think you covered really, really well. I mean, we kind of just uh, talked about ice therapy and the different temperatures versus your cooling therapy with the nanotechnology uh, that you guys are offering. Uh, what about the last two? We have uh, compression and elevation. And I think, you know, for me, from my perspective, I would think those are all about reducing the inflammation. Uh, but is that a good or bad thing? Is there too much? Where where do you lie? Where do you stand on those? Well, I think that you you need an inflammatory response as part of the healing mechanisms, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily need the edema part of the inflammatory response. And I think the compression and the elevation are for the edema aspect of the inflammatory response. So I think you need them. Now, with our device, the compression we use is to get as much surface area contact of the material against the tissue to help prevent that edema because the cooling aspect will help prevent the edema. Got it. Got it. So I, when I wore your device on my shoulder, which uh, was pretty neat, I'll tell the story at the end here. It was, it did feel good to have a little bit of a compression, uh, especially since it was that AC joint separation, which, which didn't feel so great for, for way too long. Nothing, nothing made me feel my age and how slowly I healed from that injury. Let me tell you. But, uh, but I was grateful to have your guys' uh, device on, so it made a big difference for me. So I guess compression uh, and elevation, we want to remove the edema, but the inflammatory response is still appropriate. Uh, so I guess we could kind of have a new way of thinking about, about rice, really. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's interesting to think about. I've, it's, I've always thought about ice. I didn't really think there was anything that would be better or improved upon. But when I found your guys' device, I, I had to learn why you guys were doing it the way you were doing it because, well, I, you know what? Let me, can I share my story, Dr. Abramson? Is that okay? About, yes, of course. Go yeah, ahead. So I, I, you don't even know this, so I feel like I'm doing a segue. So essentially, we're, uh, your boys will be boys. Uh, I, was, I was wrestling around and uh, you know, making believe I'm uh, George St. Pierre and uh, had somebody fall on me on my shoulder and I separated my AC joint. And it was incredibly painful. And uh, so, but they didn't have to stabilize it, no surgery or anything. I was very, very lucky. I did do a AC joint um, brace. It was kind of like a strap, kind of looked like a posture brace to kind of keep it down so it didn't stick up too much when it was healing. Um, and then a chiropractic friend gave me your guy's device. And I was very intrigued by it. And he told me to wear all the time as much as I could. Now, I don't like... I mean, I, I listen, I moved to Florida for a reason. I, I want to be warm. I want to feel good. I hate winters. I don't like being cold. So I was very hesitant at first, but I recognized that I probably should put something cold on it because it was very swollen. Like it was, it was incredibly swollen. I also even had like uh, the blood pooling in my chest and, and armpit from, from the injury. So I really did a number of myself, but it was, this was the first time where I used a cold or cooling uh, type of device where one, I could tolerate it because the temperature change is noticeable. Like it, it doesn't feel, when I've used ice in the past, it's almost like burning. Like it's almost like too much for my skin. I just, I just never, you know, I can only do it for a few minutes and I was tolerating it the whole time. 
Uh, but for with this uh, device wrapped around my shoulder and it fit really well, I, I wore it literally the entire time I was working uh, nonstop. And I felt much, much better when I used it. And I think it really contributed to my healing and I was appreciative of it. So uh, that's my experience, you know, and I was lucky that my chiropractic friend uh, gifted me that because it made an impression on me, but it made it such an impression on me that I was like, I remember the whole conversation years ago about people talking about rice and I needed to be like, all right, these people know something. I don't know what it is. Uh, so I'm appreciative for you coming on here and kind of sharing uh, with us about why your technology is, why it came about and how it helps uh, the patients that use it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a very unique thing because I've worn them as well. And I've had friends who've who've worn them, and the difference is the comfort. You know, when you're comfortable using something, you'll use it 24 hours a day. When you're not comfortable, you almost dread putting it on. And I know what you're saying about that feeling with the ice and the burning and things like that. And you know, it makes it hard to use something if it hurts to use it. Yeah, it's a it's a too uncomfortable. You're like, oh, I need to ice something, and and I use. I use cooling devices. I, there's another one that I use that is uh, for my knees. Well, I haven't used it in a couple of years, but I've used it on my knees, and it, and it uh, pumps this ice-cold water through. And it's, it's almost funny. Like, I can only put so much ice because the temperature gets to the point where I'm like, this is uh, almost, almost too much. So I'm going to have to pick up some of these uh, nanotherapeutics for my knees and uh, switch to that. So listen, Dr. Abramson, I, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, breaking down the cooling technology. Uh, I actually learned from this. I never knew about the 15 degrees. It was nice to hear about uh, some of the literature talking about the different effects. Uh, and thanks for also updating the whole rice concept for us. Uh, I think it was, it was interesting to see it years ago uh, when people were discussing it and now uh, to hear from you uh, how the ice in rice uh, actually should probably be cool as opposed to ice. Uh, I think it's very important for other clinicians and physicians to be hearing so they can give their patients a better offering. Well, my pleasure to be here. If there's any other information uh, that you need to answer, I'm happy to answer it. Otherwise, if anybody wants to get any other information they, about the medical devices, they can contact our website. It's nanohealthusa.com. Excellent. All right. So nanohealthusa.com, if you guys want to check out uh, some of these nanotherapeutics from Nano Health. Uh, I, I've loved it. Um, I'm appreciative for you guys inventing this and, and doing the uh, doing the studies to prove its efficacy, which we love. Dr. Abramson, we appreciate you and thank you for sharing uh, sharing your wisdom on this topic. Uh, until next time, my friend, we'll catch you then. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to make any suggestions for any future podcast topics, please visit the Contact Us page on CareInstitute.com.